the one here, and we have Paul Huber talking about complacency. What a word! What a word! When you hear that word, how does it make you feel? Being complacent. I have a quote of my own called "What's called <laughs> the quote? My, the quote that I I don't know put together myself. I don't know, but it's to settle is bittersweet comfort. And every time I say that phrase, that little quote that I made, it does something to me. Because am I going to settle? I'm comfortable, but I'm not really completely happy. So I think that's the same thing that's coming with this word complacency. And Paul is going to give you all his issues and beefs about conventional thinking, about the whole purpose thing, and he's going to give you the blueprint. And he's going to talk about resurrecting your ambition. So check it out. It's it's going to be very interesting for you. All right, take care. All right, bye. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back with another one. It is Brian S. Arnold here with the Authority Project, and I have my new good friend here, Paul Huber, who is here to help us. He says he's going to help us kill complacency. Is that right, Paul? I sure hope so. That's, <laughs> that's my mission right now. I love it. I love it. Well, we shall see what it can do for us today right. on this current episode of the Authority Project. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, feast your eyes and tune your ears. It's that time again. We are live with another episode of The Authority Project. It's the video podcast streamed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope, where we talk to digital marketers, business coaches, and creators of all kinds on how they've built authority in their field and how you can mimic their success. Developing authority, building your audience, and attracting better clients to your own business. Now, without further ado, let's bring to the virtual stage your host, Brian S. Arnold. And we are back, folks. This is the Authority Project. You are the project. We want to slap authority to your name so you can sell more of what you're great at. And I have Paul Huber here, and he's going to show us how to kill complacency. How are you doing today, Paul? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Awesome. Awesome. But let's get right to it. Actually, before we dive in, before we dive in, please tell the audience here who you are personally and then professionally. Personally, I'm a husband to one, a father to two, and I've got a W-2 job and a couple of side hustles and really enjoying life and, and taking all of the opportunities that I can to grow and expand. And, and, and realize that's where the book came from. This if I wanted to grow and expand and it just kind of overflowed from everything that I listened to and worked on. Awesome. Awesome. So tell us what your current project is at the moment, if you have one. Yeah. So my current project is talking to people about killing complacency and getting them to overcome many of the mindset roadblocks that they have in front of them so that they can be the person they were created to be. Not a little below average, but really what they're created to be and, and not mediocre. Awesome. We're going to dive into it. But before we dive in, tell us, first of all, I want to let people know, what is your daily routine? Yeah, my daily routine is alarm goes off at 5 or 5.30 and I get out of bed. I I wish I could say I didn't hit the snooze button, but once in a while I do. (laughs) It's the terrible curse, but ideally I'm not hitting that snooze button. I'm getting up early and I like to get ready a little bit and, and then get a morning show that I listen to, the number one morning show on Facebook, as far as I'm concerned. And then uh, he started on Clubhouse as well. So I listen to that. And then while I'm making my breakfast and, and starting to get ready for the day. And so I try to work in some meditation, some prayer time and things like that. So I can be fed both spiritually and physically. 
Awesome. Don't worry about that. I I also hit the, the snooze button too. So guilty as charged is that. Right. No, what's the morning show you, you listen to again? Uh, it is hashtag rise and grind with Glenn Lundy. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's one, he's been one of my guests here. So yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's awesome. He's definitely awesome. Right. He's the ideal I strive for and <laughs> I wish I could measure up to him and, and have that stellar morning routine. Yeah. He is. He's amazing with that. Definitely. He, he gets up early. He gets up very He does. Early. And, yeah. and he's active sleep cycles and, and I'm jealous about the few number of hours that he has to sleep. And I know some people are wired for that and, and yeah. I didn't get that gene. No, so me, no, me either. I need my sleep. Even right. though I don't get, even though I still don't get enough sleep, I'm still like right around five and a half hours. I think five yeah. and a half hours to six hours still. I want more, but nah. mm-hmm. well, yeah. If, if I didn't have to sleep, I wouldn't. <laughs> exactly. Many things to do and too much going on. So. Exactly. So let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's dive into how we kill complacency. What's the blueprint? The blueprint is something I call the momentum building model. And it's something that people can request from my website. And the first piece of that really is a lot of people think that the world is set up against them, that there's some sort of conspiracy against them or their demographic or or what have you. But the the reality is that there are enough people for you, even if there's a few people against you. And and I know that there are people against one person or another, whether it's something personal or a reason they don't like them or something about them that they don't like, that that they have no good reason to, to dislike you. But there's so many people for you. There are so many people that are willing to provide you that opportunity and that ability to step forward. And I just see it every day in the world that there are so many people wanting to give back, wanting to help, and wanting to help others be successful. And and because of that, I think a lot of people think, oh, man, they they see the media reports of, oh, it was against this or against that. And and the reality is there may be some of that and more than we want. Mm -hmm. But there are plenty of people for you. And so I think just believing that you have that opportunity and that ability to get out there and to be successful and to make a difference in other people's lives is just so important. So how, how do we start that that belief system of knowing that we can do this, that we're not in this stagnant state, Paul? How do right. we get I, there? I, I think part of it is just looking around and seeing that there are other people like you that have, have done something. And at this point, we've had people fill so many different roles that there's someone that can be an example to you. And whether that's as a politician, a singer, or just doing the day-to-day work that so many people need to do, you can find someone that represents that example that you want to be. Like I see Glenn as the guy who I want to have to be like in the morning and someone who's done it. And if he can set up his morning routine, I think I can do a better job and pursue after that. But you know, the, the other side of that is believing that what you do is valuable. And so many people hear celebrities and, and sports stars talk about, you need to follow your ambition. You need to follow, you, you need to follow this purpose and this, this passion in your life. And they get so passionate about sports or about emoting on cue, like a, a movie star. Well, the reality <laughs> is those things are great. And, and many of those celebrities are trying to, to bring purpose to what they're doing. But the barista has a purpose to, to make my morning better, to caffeinate me and, and help me get started well in the day. And every role and every job in society, I think, is important. And yeah, there, certainly there's process improvement that can make things better. And, and I spent part of my career doing that. But the reality is, if you're getting a paycheck, someone values what you do. And the size of that paycheck is how much they value what you do, not you as a person. And so many people think, oh, my, my paycheck's so small, so I'm not valuable as a person. Really, you're invaluable as a person. No one can put a price on it. But the value of the labor and the value that you bring to your job 
really is reflected in that paycheck. And so the more value you can bring, the more you can get as a result of that. So I, I think it's important for people to untie and, and decouple the paycheck and their value as a person because they're, they're not the same. It's really the value of your labor and the value of your effort. See, I love what you're saying there, Paul, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's people will, I think people get this snag when you talk about bringing value. I don't think a lot of people know what that means. What is bringing value? Because I think value, like we're on social media and we're like putting out some nice quotes from mm -hmm. successful people. Is that value? What does real value mean to you? So real value to me is what someone else is willing to pay for. And, and that's how we defined it when I was doing lean process improvement, it is what I'm doing something the customer is willing to pay for. And it, it gets a little tricky. I, I Just today, I finished Patrick Lencioni's book, uh, Three Signs of a Miserable Job. And in there, he talks a lot about how it is that some people don't feel valued. And he had a great example in if you've read any of his work, it's typically a, a metaphor and, or an allegory, and he puts it in sort of a fictional plot. And so he had people in there from a sporting goods store or from a, an Italian restaurant. And yeah, the, some people say having a smile with my pasta isn't very valuable. But just think of how, how horrible it is to have service with a frown and a scowl and, and someone just throwing that plate down in front of you. And so having that pleasurable experience, having a good time, getting out there and being able to enjoy eating out versus eating at home, that brings value. And so it, it's not always measurable in, in the true dollars and cents and the, the hard value, but a lot of it's in the soft value. And, and you look at vehicles, right? Getting from point A to point B is a lot more affordable than what the vehicles are. And so much of the vehicle cost and value is the styling, how good it looks, how much it can do, how it makes it feel. And so I, I think people get a little wrapped up around, well, is it how many pounds of steel is it? So its value is X. Well, the real value is in the styling. The real value is in being able to enjoy yourself and have a good time. That's great. That's great. Because <laughs> I think with the value part piece is that you just don't, you just never know. So I think people get scared of, instead of saying, is this valuable? Put it out there and you can get the feedback, right? Right. And putting quotes out there and inspiring people, there's a value to that. And then as they see that little bit of value that they get for free, incrementally, they want more and more value. And at some point, being able to promote yourself by putting out the good quotes, putting out the inspiration and putting out that positive message will help bring people in to the point where they want to start paying you for providing a little bit value and, or a little bit more, a little bit more. And, and eventually you're providing a lot of value to them and you're able to produce a program or provide something a little bigger and more meaningful and more valuable. Awesome. So let, let's dive into your concept of resurrecting your ambition. Because a lot of people, they get started, they're all gung-ho, they get into the workforce or whatever, they're ambitious, they want to take over the world and then life happens. They don't get the promotions, they're getting passed over. And they see their other friends, whatever, making strides, and they're still in the same place. Tell us about the concept of resurrecting your ambition. Yeah. There, there are a lot of things that will want to crush your ambition. And we see it from church to society in general. And we see, we hear a lot of people say the love of money or money is the root of all evil. Well, it's the love of money is the root of all sorts of evils. And so if you're pursuing money just for money, yes, that's not great. But if you're pursuing money by providing value to other people, then that is a more responsible form of ambition. And it, it seems to me like society is trying to crush, push down on 
that ambition. Don't push too hard at work. You don't want to be the tall poppy, if you will, sticking up above your other coworkers. You don't want to be too ambitious because that looks bad or people get put off by it. And so a lot of times people will want to hide that ambition or otherwise have it crushed in their life because they see irresponsible ambition. They see people executing their ambition in ways that's not healthy and that's not helpful. And that's really not providing value to other people, but just trying to take. And when it's responsible ambition, it's providing value to other people in a way that gives them more value than what they give you in return. So let's dive into your beef here, Paul. You obviously have a beef with conventional thinking. Give us your biggest rant on that. The floor is yours on that. What is your beef with conventional thinking? Oh, I, you, there, there's so many. Uh, I, the, the article's not done yet, but a lot of people, I'm, I'm going to get this out on Facebook, or not Facebook, but uh, LinkedIn as soon as I can. Okay. Uh, but there's so many people just waiting for their boss to motivate them. They're, they're like, well, my, my boss is responsible for motivating me. How about taking some responsibility yourself? And what motivates you? What's important to you? And it's not all about the dollar. It's what can you do with those dollars? I, I was recently listening in on a, a clubhouse room and they were talking about motivating sales employees. And they were saying, Joe wants to go to Miami for spring break or go to Hawaii to get away from the winter. And that reminding them of that and reminding them that all of these leading indicators, all of the leading performance tasks that they need to do before they make the sale, all of the follow-up, all of the checking in with prior customers helps them get to that goal of taking their family someplace nice to get away from the winter. And, and so, yeah, there's an aspect of getting your boss to do stuff like that, but the best employees are self-motivated. They see that line between what they do and how they impact other people, whether it's helping their boss, helping others at work, or directly helping people by making sure that they get their chicken sandwich hot and ready and per spec for what they ordered. And so it, it's just understanding how you impact others. And I mentioned that Patrick Lencioni book, and, and he was talking about the responsibility of leadership to go draw that connection. But really, I wish people would just do that for themselves and help them understand that line of sight between what they do and how it helps the share owners, how it helps others at the company, and how it helps themselves. And so I, th- I think all of those aspects are really so important. And one of my CEOs in my former day job, he was like, he rebelled against the notion that either employees are the most important shareholders or customers. And it's really all three. And I resonate with that is you you have to treat your employees fairly and you have to treat them pretty well, but you don't have to treat them well to the point of not caring about the customer or not caring about the shareholder. And so if you treat all three of those aspects of your business with respect and reasonably, then you can be able to be successful. Great. So I'm going to actually another one now. You had to be for conventional thinking, but you also have an issue with the, this whole purpose thing, right? So what is that, Paul? What are we doing with our purpose here? My, my big beef there is we have celebrities who are out there looking to figure out their purpose. Oh, my purpose is to emote on cue so that people can pay $12 for a movie ticket and $40 for a tub of popcorn. Maybe they feel bad about the limited value they provide to society because all they do is entertain it. And don't get me wrong, entertainment's important. It's a good thing. But I I think a lot of times the people with the microphone, the the celebrities and the sports stars are the ones that are are most in need of of really finding real purpose with what they do. And 
and they try to inspire people to, to follow their purpose, follow their passion. How about following what you're good at and following what you were made for and working incrementally to move from one step in your calling to the next? And whether it's King David in the Bible or Arnold Schwarzenegger as the eventual governor of California, there, there were steps in the process. And in, in, the, in Arnold's case, he went from the scrawny army soldier to being someone who's a bodybuilder to winning Mr. Universe, to winning all these titles. And then he was able to transform that into something where he was an actor. And yeah, you can make fun of his accent as an actor, but he got the roles and he got, he was, <laughs> yeah. he had the personality to be cast mm -hmm. in some of these different roles that really just set him apart from some of the competition. And yeah, you, you have to find the right role for him. But when you find the right role for him, he really fit. And I thought he did a good job. But then he was able to move that into being uh, governor. And whether you agree with his politics or not, it was another stepping stone in the process and kind of the highest level of at least political office that he held. And so you can see that what your pur end purpose may be is, is really the result of you having these incremental purposes throughout your life. And so, and on top of that, you shouldn't feel bad about providing a service, helping others in one way or another, whether that's managing or, or being that frontline employee. So you're saying, let me get this right. You're saying it's okay to have this card that was dealt for you, these cards that were dealt for you. Right. right? And I think a lot of people take the, the message of we should be content with how we're made. And I'm content with the fact that I'm not going to be an NBA star. I, I'm not <laughs> over six foot. I'm a little <laughs> over 30. So I, I'd be retired by now if I were an NBA star. And, and so I'm content with not having that sort of stardom and that sort of role, but I'm not content and I'm not complacent with where I am at my job, whether it's my W-2 or my side hustles or anything like that. I want to be better incrementally every day. And that, that's why I read so much. That's why I listen to so many audiobooks and and other things so that I can get better at what I do. And really, I, I spent a lot of time at Drive Time University listening to one business book after another. And by the time I, I went and got my MBA, I had already listened to most of the books that they were teaching in the program. <laughs> and so it was relatively easy to, to cite all these different works when they had a, a question that I had to answer or something. And, and I'd already listened to a lot of the books. And so that, that's really where my book came from was it was that overflow of all the work that I'd done, all the studying I'd done, and bringing together all of this information from other people, and not just my own ideas, but synthesizing and pulling together what other people had done to really help the world, I think, understand what really it means to provide value, what it means to be ambitious, how to, to have that responsible ambition instead of irresponsible ambition, and really understanding their role in life, and not having this pressure of, I need some grand purpose, right? I need to put a dent in the universe. Some people might do that, but yeah. you know, maybe part of your job is just to help someone do that, putting a dent in the universe. I see a lot of that in this thing where they're complacent because they think they don't have a purpose. They, they think they're not great at anything. So I think that's where the struggle is, Paul, where it's like, I'm talking, I want to dime him out, but I'm talking to one of my sons and he has this issue where he's like, I, I don't know you know what I'm great at. It's just like, is there a formula for that? Before we get out of here, Paul, can you give us a formula to get out of this thing where we like they're still looking for their purpose, they're still looking right. to see what they're great at. 
I, I don't think there's a formula. So many people at my work, my day jobs as an engineer, and so many people want that formula. It's not PV equals NRT. It's not E equals MC squared. It, it's really an algorithm, and, and it's it's a searching for what you're good at. So trying a lot of different things and, and figuring out what you're good at or what you're not good at is very helpful. And, and understanding, like I was talking about earlier, if you're not, you don't have the physique to be an NBA player, you might dream about winning the lottery but you're not going to win the NBA lottery. (laughs) You're not going to get in there. And so it's having that balance of realism of where you're at and and what you're capable of, as well as having the growth mindset. And so much of another piece of the puzzle that I see, a lot of people don't have that growth mindset. And people with the fixed mindset will say, I can only get so good. I've been, I've only been dealt this hand. I, I, I can't do this. I can't do that. There's a lot more that you can do, but you have to apply the growth mindset. You have to think about where do I want to grow? How can I take things that I'm already good at and get better at them? What gaps do I have to fill in to be at least a little bit better to the point where they're not an anchor holding me down? They, they may not be the engine driving you forward, but you need to make sure they're not the anchor holding you down either. And, and so understanding that you are capable of growth, you are capable of getting better. And to really be world-class takes a lot of effort. Malcolm Gladwell kind of made the 10,000-hour rule famous. And yeah, there's been some fighting about that in terms of one, it needs to be deliberate practice. And two, that's what it takes to be really world-class. That's what it takes to get to the point of being a great musician that's just world-renowned. But there's, there's another book out there called The First 20 Hours. And that book talks about going from zero to at least a little bit competent and getting through the initial steps of picking up a new skill. And I think there's so many skills that people can pick up that would make their job a little bit better, help them to do better at, at their job or move towards that side hustle. And it, it just takes a little bit of learning. It takes that first 20 hours to, to pick up the new skill, to, to change things a little bit, to be able to either pull up that anchor or help accelerate what you're already doing. And so growth is just so important. And it's something where people shouldn't give up on growing. They shouldn't say, hey, I got through high school or college or this degree or that degree. There's still room for growth and to get better. And so I think just saying, oh yeah, there's there's enough people for me. I need to have this ambition. And then I need to have a growth mindset to be able to be better and better at what I'm doing really helps people move forward. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now, was that, because I, I was about to actually give us a, a summary of, of this whole thing about killing complacency. Is that, was that just it? Because if that was, tell it to me again, just to, to bring it home for us. So so that's kind of bullet three out of six, right? So <laughs> uh, in terms of the momentum building model that I flashed up earlier, the, the first was there are plenty of people for you. Yeah, there might be people against you, but they're enough for you. And they're enough that don't want to get in your way. They yeah. don't even know who you are. So just push forward. You have the opportunity. There are enough people out there that will give you an opportunity. Just find them and and move forward. The second is responsible ambition instead of irresponsible ambition. And the third is having that growth mindset that where you are today is only a step towards where you can be. And so if you really want to be good at something, you have to take those additional steps and continue to push forward, continue to grow. The next thing is abundance is available. So many people have this limited mindset. So kind of moving from fixed versus growth to limited versus abundance. There's so much abundance out there, so many opportunities to make money. The important thing is to find the right opportunity and to move towards that in the right sort of way, building the right sort of skills. And we saw what the the government's done over the last few years. They've printed more and more money. 
And so that money is available. And really what it, it ought to reflect is the value created in society. And whether that's the hard value of we've dug 100 pounds of gold out of the ground and, and therefore it's worth so much money or more the soft value of I've exchanged goods and services with you and added value from that initial material. So there's so much value out there that can be created and the money supply really ought to reflect it. We're a little off balance right now, but the point is there's abundance out there for everyone. It's just being able to provide value in a way that helps you gain some of that abundance. Great and, and we've talked a little bit about passion and purpose and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so the, the next point really was having a definite purpose. And so many people get wrapped up, like I was talking about, in I want a purpose that's some beautiful, altruistic thing. <laughs> well, maybe your purpose is to help manage people so that they can serve good coffee or they can hand out good chicken sandwiches and bring money into the restaurant. And so whether it, it's service-based, whether it's producing cars, trucks, whatever it is, having that purpose and, and saying, hey, I'm moving towards this and I want to provide value in this way is so important. So the purpose is fluid. And I'm hearing purposes. Right. And, and, and it's growing. I talk a little bit in my book about King David. I, I think he's a great biblical parallel to Schwarzenegger. So whether you want something biblical or, or something more, there's examples for both. And so many people say, hey, I want God to do this miracle in my life or do that miracle in my life. Mm -hmm. And so much of what I saw him do in David's life was he was pulling him forward. He was moving him from, he knew he wanted David to be king eventually. And that was the plan unveiled early on. But before he got to be king, and, and like Simba, he just wants to be king. Before you can do that, you have to spend some time as a shepherd and, and practice. Eventually, David killed Goliath. And, and in order to do that, he had a lot of practice killing lions and, and bears with a slingshot. And so he was able to go into a knife fight basically with a Stone Age gun and take out Goliath. So he was prepared. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to find this shepherd who's done nothing and then zap him with the ability to take out Goliath. It's, I'm going to prepare the shepherd. I'm going to give him challenges early on. And so often we think all the challenges in our lives are, are some sort of curse. Maybe they're, they're the miracle preparing you for that, that next challenge, that next role, and killing Goliath. Awesome. And, and so it was just one more incremental step. And, and I, I think so many people just get wrapped up in, I just want that zap. I just want that miracle <laughs> in my life. It's maybe the miracle is all these challenges that you're just spending all day complaining about. So don't complain about the challenges. Talk about how to overcome them. Talk about what they're trying to teach you and move forward. I love it. That's great stuff, man. I only have one last question. This has been awesome. Mm -hmm. One last question asks of all of my guests, Paul, and it goes something like this. There are people out here watching. They're be listening later, and they want to do some of the things that you're doing. They want to make an impact on other people's lives, try to get them not stagnant with their lives and their businesses and even their careers. So can you tell them, and I'll put you front and center, how they can become an authority in this space. Yeah, for sure. Becoming an authority in your space just takes practice. And there is that opportunity to become great at what you do. Start out by figuring out what you're good at. Start out with those first 20 hours of playing with something, whether it's learning the ukulele or trying out something new. Yeah, you might not end up being a rock star, but it may provide enjoyment in your life or it may provide that segue into the next role. So don't be afraid about of small beginnings, honor the small beginnings, and take the time to learn something. You're and applying that responsible ambition to become the best at what you do, become the authority. You don't have to be number one in the world. There's lots of room for people that are authorities who are 
pretty good at what they do. And, and so many people need doctors and lawyers and other things. So becoming an authority in your field, whether it's medicine or something else that that's, it doesn't require formal schooling, really just takes practice and takes effort and it takes dedication. So having that definite purpose in your life, applying what is called deliberate practice, not if you're thinking about golf, it's not just whacking a bucket of balls, but really focusing on each ball and learning how you hit it correctly or incorrectly and making adjustments. And so taking on challenge after challenge and one thing harder than the last, one thing that's the scientists found is that a domino can topple another domino up to 1.5 times its size. So if you've accomplished something, take on something 10% harder, 20% harder, 50% harder. And odds are you can either topple that domino or you'll learn from it. And so don't be afraid, push forward, take on greater and greater challenges because I know you can do it. And I know that there are plenty of people out there for you that want you to succeed and, and frankly need you to succeed because if you don't win, who loses? Great stuff. There it is. There goes Paul, people. Paul Huber in the house, dropping some serious knowledge there. Please tell people where they can find you after the show. So you can go to my website, killingcomplacency.com. If you go there and, and put in slash MBM, you get the momentum building model that I've talked through today. And really that model is just a high level overview, just a glimpse at the book. And I think the best situation that anyone can get in is to get the model, read about it a little bit. I've got a link to video of another time I talked through it. And then read the book, go through the book, and then you can also apply that, have that reminder up in your cubicle or up in your home office of the model and all of the steps that you can go through and the things that you learned about in, in killing complacency. And if you buy the book, you can sign up for the bonuses. I've got a couple different study guides, one for individuals, one for groups. So go on there, get the book, follow the links and request the bonuses as well. Because I think that there's so much more that we can do in the world today and so much of the limitation and so much of the things holding us back is really just how we see the world and how we think about it. And so if we can move the average, I think we can be an even better society and have even more wealth and more happiness. Everybody, please check him out. Go ahead and flash the book. Is the book in the background there? I'm going to show us the book there. Yeah, there there, there's a sign with the book on it. There's a okay. copy of the book in my hand. Awesome. So go check it out. It's not just me and, and how I made my success, but me learning from hundreds of other people. There's 70 different books at least cited and bringing all that knowledge together in a way that helps formulate a plan so that people can kill complacency, resurrect ambition, and maximize the life that they're given. Awesome. Great stuff. And I'm going to just give my little spiel about who a person I've been trying to help for a little while here. Her name is Meg Lavu who got into an accident, a mountain bike accident. She's a fellow creator, business owner, loves to roast coffee. She got into this accident, wasn't able to roast coffee anymore. So she's trying to build herself back up, almost paralyzed people. So I'm really trying to help her. I set up this domain, helpmeg.com, which goes right to straight to her GoFundMe page. I want to help her get her get to her goal so she can pay those hospital bills. It's, she's been spending through a lot. So please, if you have the heart to give, please go there now, helpmeg.com. And of course... You know about the authoritedletter.com site too. I want you to get over there and get your three-part video series. But whatever you want to do, <laughs> please, I'm, I'm really, I really want to help my friend out. So that's why I'm, I'm doing this until hopefully we can get that taken care of. So that is all for right now. Unless you have any final words, Paul, before we get out of here. You know, that's fantastic. And I think that 
part of being able to accomplish success is helping people like Meg. And so if you're able to, to have that ambition and do it in the right way and be able to help your family and then also be able to help others that are in need. And, and so many people are challenged and, and have problems like what you mentioned. And so the, the best thing you can do is be successful so you can help others. I love it. That's great. Everybody, we're, we're good. This is a great Friday. But if you're, if you're listening on Friday, this is awesome. People, as I always tell you, remember this, build it, share it, and they will come. We'll see you next time. Around. And that's a wrap for this episode of The Authority Project. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard, we want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate, and give an honest review. Share and tell your friends so they can hear too. And for even more authority-building tactics, be sure to sign up at theauthorityletter.com. Get free weekly content and ongoing digital product giveaways to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. We certainly hope you got a key takeaway or maybe an aha moment from today's broadcast. Just remember, it's your authority. Build it, share it, and they will come. Until next time.